Hey everyone, it's Nori here, um, your host for our second episode of Women in Leadership with Nori and Liz. Um, so I'm today I'm joined by my co-host, um, whose name is Liz, um, and today's topic is the only woman in the boardroom. So this is the second episode of our YouTube channel, which is called Women in Leadership with Nori and Liz, and, and the same name for the podcast that, that, that is now live. Um, so uh, just to recap on where we're currently at. So this, as I said, our second episode, our first episode was uh, an introduction to both myself um, and my co-host, a little bit about our history and how we got to the positions that we're in today. Um, and then we kind of concluded the session with um, answering six key questions related to leadership, uh, just so you could basically get a little bit get a little bit of information more about our history and uh, our viewpoints on the topics that we covered. A little bit more about our channel. So this is a channel for the aspiring female um, and future leader. So this can be women from all different walks of life, different careers, living different uh, lives, different lifestyles, different circumstances, uh, to talk about things like motivation, communication, uh, consistency, goal setting, um, and ambition, setting goals, like I said, and, and aspiring to be the best version of yourself. So there's a lot of topics to cover, um, and we're currently on our second episode. So back to the topic, um, the only woman in the boardroom, which sounds like quite um, broad and striking question. Um, we're, again, we're going to follow the same format. We're going to ask each other a number of questions, and you'll get some insight into both mine and Liz's viewpoints. Um, and we take it from there. So uh, without further ado, the first question, which I'm going to ask you, Liz, is what does it mean to be the only woman in the boardroom? That's a loaded question. Um, and thank you. Every Hello, everyone. And thank you for the question, Nori. Um, having sat in those boardrooms in environments in which um, there were really no other women um, or very few, um, it becomes a, a particular challenge to get there, and it's also a challenge to stay there. So in terms of getting there, I would say the first, the first issue at hand is that you have a reputation for getting things done, uh, being capable, getting things done. Um, the second thing that I would say is that uh, you have a reputation for standing your ground and for um, being true to your values and being true to, um, you know, what matters to you in the context of that workplace. And then thirdly, I would say there's a certain amount in that Nike saying that's, you know, just do it. Um, I think that oftentimes um, particular environments, you know, are difficult for women and we end up stepping back. Um, particularly in places where there's a lot of, um, of uh, pushback. Uh, and we tend to, as, as women in general, we tend to step back and say, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't be here. Never do that. Because that is exactly what the culture is attempting to get you to do. Um, so the, the tougher the culture on this, the more we, we stay focused, we stay capable, and we get things done. Nori, what about you? What are your thoughts on that? 
Wow, thank you very much. A very insightful uh, answer there. I love that and I could relate to most of it. Um, I absolutely love your analogy on Nike and it, it just made me chuckle a little bit there because I've actually got a running joke with some of my close friends about uh, we always when we're pushing each other to do something we always just say JDI as in just do it which yeah. is behind uh, the Nike advert isn't it um, so I'm sure when they watch they'll still probably laugh as well um, but yeah it's really related um, to an ambitious woman I, I would say a woman who doesn't see her gender as a barrier, a woman mm -hmm. who strives for success, um, who literally goes for that end goal. She kind of knows where she's going and then she maneuvers that position. Once she gets there, then she gets to an, an, her next sort of goalpost and then her next goalpost. So there's that momentum of continual improvement in oneself and also about where a person wants to get and how much ambition they've got to actually keep on going. Because there's one thing to say you've got a goal and then you get there and then it's like, OK, I'm, I feel completely accomplished now. I've got everything that I wanted, so I'm just content. And mm -hmm. uh, that, that happens to a lot of people, this feeling of contentness and the, not, not, not so much give up, but kind of relax about what's next because they're satisfied. But a, a, a leader who gets um, a, a female leader in particular who gets to the boardroom kind of sees past that. And she has even more goals because, you know, when you're in the boardroom, it's a never ending continuum of um, more decisions that need to be made, more things that need to be changed, uh, mm -hmm. dynamic of um, environmental, internal and external obstacles. Right. There's challenges along the way. So you're continually having to adapt to all of those things. So a woman who's in that position is able to maneuver that kind of mindset. Right. Um, also, uh, like, like you said, again, going back tonight, you, you may have fear um, and it's completely normal to have fear when you're improving yourself, when you're getting better, even when you're getting more successful, i.e. you're in the boardroom, you're a business owner, your, your business is growing, uh, you're interacting and encountering more and more people at higher levels. So you're having to communicate more effectively, right? What you say matters. Um, so it, the whole thing about like being uh, the, the duck with the, the paddling feet under the water, but having to keep a straight face and having to look and appear confident, even if inside you might be feeling a little bit nervous. Um, so we call that feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And, and I love that where, where you just think, I know what I've got to do. So I'm going to do it regardless almost um, of, of, of the things within me that hold me back. And, and I'm not saying that we ignore our feelings or we don't address our internal, um, what, what, what our instinct is saying to us. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying that when you're driven, you, you are able to fight those barriers and be stronger than those barriers, right? Mm -hmm. So um, also, Absolutely. yeah, so a, a woman who is not seeing a struggle um, as a threat, instead she sees it as a challenge right? And then she wants to strive through that challenge and get to the other side. Also a woman who is willing to uh, get out of her comfort zone. So there's a, there's a comfort zone that we all have. Uh, it feels really comfortable and that's why it's called the comfort zone. Uh, it feels very safe, very secure, very stable. Um, but when you get to that stretch zone, that's when you're really growing. That's when you're developing personally. Um, and also you're, you're making more of an impact externally on other people and circumstances um uh so you know 
like I said earlier, imposter syndrome is likely to kick in. That's completely normal. But you're able able to manage that to a level where it doesn't actually stop you reaching your goals and getting to where you want to go. Um, and lastly, I'll just say that for women in particular, we've come through gen generations of programming where women has been the weaker sex, right? We've been the, the submissive gender. So uh, in, in pre previous times, uh, we've almost been controlled by men. Men have been the decision makers and women almost the nurturers right um the, the women were always quite kind of taught to stand backwards uh, to let the men take charge let the men lead and women almost listen and be play the supportive role um and i i can definitely say that's true for um, the asian culture obviously i'm asian you can see that um and and that 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 takes a lot of barriers to break to be able to say but i'm going to do it anyway I know that that exists I know that I might be judged I know that people might say oh who does she think she is um, but I'm going to quiet that voice and um, pursue my, my 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 purpose in terms of where I want to get to and what I want to achieve um, in my life so yeah it's a really uh, yeah big broad subject and uh, a lot a lot of uh, different topics under that that topic mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great yeah. that's uh that was very uh, well thought out Thank you. Um, Thank you very much. Our our second question: How did you how did you break through the glass ceiling in your organization? Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? The second question. Okay, so I'm going next. That's no problem. Um, so second question: How did I break through my own glass ceilings? So I would say that I, I've always had an element of drive ever since I was a young kid. There was always drive, there was always passion, and there was always that willingness uh, to to need more and want more. So within that comes um, ambition. I've always been an ambitious person. Um, but at the same time, I've got to say, I've always been a hardworking person. And I really noticed this, the first time I noticed this was when I started secondary school. Um, the first day we were at school, we were given homework. We never had homework in our primary school. And when we got back the next day, I happened to be the only person who did, who actually did the homework. So that whether that makes me a nerd or somebody that's hard, <laughs> I don't know. But um, I just had that inside me where in order to do anything in life, I've got to work hard. I've got to put the effort in and I've got to put the time in and, and obviously the commitment. That almost comes from... Uh, coming from a hardworking family as well you know uh, that's all I've ever known that's all I've ever seen and so naturally I was that sort of person also as we're talking about in particular we're talking about women I actually was brought up in a family um, of boys right and also in that family um, boys were dominant the men were dominant and that's the pattern that I saw um, but I personally was not willing to accept that not willing to accept that I was less just because I was a girl or that uh, I had less opportunity just because I was a girl, or I was able to get, get less ahead because I was a girl. I was not I was not willing to accept from a very, very young age that just because of my gender, I would be in any way, shape or form different to what a, the potential of what um, um, my male counterpart um, could achieve can. And the, um, also the opportunities that are, are gonna be presented to him. So there was also that always that challenge, challenge within me that, um, regardless of what obstacles I face, I'll do what I want to do anyway. Um, that things that are right for me and right for obviously people around me as well. Um, so uh, 
also, obviously, when I got into the world, of uh, the, the corporate world, and I saw myself um, getting up the, the career ladder and succeeding from one position to the next, I always um, did, I sought uh, other role models, both male and female. And these role models, particularly if they were women, uh, were women in positions of power. Uh, women that I found inspiring, traits and characteristics that, that I really liked. And I thought, you know, you know, in NLP, we call it mirroring. You mirror certain characteristics that you find inspiring. And, and obviously, um, back at the age of sort of 22, when I was in my first job, I was looking at women who were 20 years older than me, thinking, mm -hmm. okay, I, I like what this person is doing. I like what this person's about. And um, I'm inspired by her characteristics. Things that I probably felt fearful of at the time, but things that I needed, I knew that I needed to and wanted to work towards. Also, I've always been a person that I've had my eye on the goal. Um, so I, 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 like I said in the, the first answer, I've always had a goal and then I've had the next goal and the next goal. So whether that's been um, educational, um, I mean, I carried on studying, like after I finished my first uh, graduate degree at 22, I was still studying for another 10 years after that, doing professional qualifications, doing my MBA. So like, and that, that also reflected in the jobs that I were doing, was doing. So I always had another goal and another goal, and I didn't see any limit for me to achieve those goals. So I had like a, like barriers are there, but I'm not allowing them to control or have power over me kind of mentality. Again, I saw obstacles as challenges rather than failure. Um, and I wasn't willing to accept something that doesn't feel right to my gut instinct. So I would challenge it and maneuver on anyway. So as you can see from the answers that I'm giving you, it was kind of that driven, motivated, um, ambitious sort of drive that I had g g going towards what I wanted. Also, I would say that over the years, what I did is I was able to thankfully build up a good network of, um, of colleagues. Um, so I was able to build trusted relationships with people of all different ages, all ranks within the organization, both internally and externally. This helps you to almost have a team behind you that motivate you, that encourage you. Um, and it really, really helps, you know, uh, to have good people ar uh, around you. Um, so I, with that, I was surrounded um, by people who were supporting me and pushing me along. You know, even very earlier on, I remember people saying to me, you should take that opportunity. You should take that job. Um, I, I remember once I, I got a job, which a lot of people wanted, but it was a really long commute time. And I was thinking, mm -hmm. oh, no, that's going to be mean waking up an hour earlier. Um, that's going to be really tiring. You know, I was just thinking about superficial things. And somebody came up to me once and said, you do this for a couple of years, that will help you accelerate a much faster pace. Because there were people that were much older than me that actually wanted that job and I, and I got it. Um, so I went for it. And that, that, and that, that same principle goes for quite a few other things that I actually managed to do in my life. It was sometimes just another person just pulling me along and saying, go for it. And, and just giving you those few words of encouragement and motivation, which I think really helps. And I'd like to think that I, I now do that for other people in my life as well. Um, also, uh, my own network of friends, so to speak, uh, I'm lucky to be surrounded by um, other successful go-getting type of women. And I th think that really helps. Mo most of my um, uh, 
a group of friends, close group of friends, are all professional, um, successful women uh, within their own right. And that, that really helps. Uh, so the people that you're surrounded with really, really helps you to, to move um, and drive forwards. Um, and um, finally, I would say that if something scared me, rather than being deterred by it, I was actually more compelled to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that really helped me to get that a few steps further and faster at an accelerated rate to where I wanted to get to. So, um, so yeah, that, 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 that's um, kind of my journey in terms of breaking my own glass ceilings and, and getting to the positions I got to and the place I'm at now. So thankfully, and I look back um, with um, happiness and gratitude towards that experience. So, uh, and any failures and knockbacks that I had, they were just uh, challenges. And being able to overcome those challenges just gave me more resilience. So I'm I'm even thankful for the for the challenges too. So um, so yeah, that's me. And um, let let's co come over back to you now, um, Liz. And how about yourself with the same question? Well, I must say, um, it's amazing what we have in common, and and it's it's showing up again today, which is really neat because what it helps us to show our colleagues who are watching is that in fact. There are certain universal constructs that really do work. Um, for me, I was raised in a girls' private school in a place where we did whatever we wanted to do. And both my mother and my school were very clear, you know, the world is your oyster. Do what you have a passion for. And my mom used to say, do what you love and you'll never have to go to work. So those were the things that I was raised with. Um, and also being a, a child of a single parent who was female and professional, um, I didn't think the world worked any differently from that. Um, so I left high school and the, the key quote that was in my yearbook at the end of the year was Alfred Lord Tennyson's piece from Odyssey, which, or sorry, from Ulysses, sorry, which is to strive to seek to find and not to yield. And that I think really does encapsulate the perspective that I took both in education and in, in my career. Um, as, as Nori said very aptly, there are always goals and those goals are critical to, to moving forward. But um, we, we can have a goal and we can look at it or we can have a goal and we can jump through the fire to get to it. And I think for me, it was about jumping through that fire. Um, once I got into my career, um, I, I was actually hired into the Canadian Public Service at, as what they call a manager trainee. So I spent the first five years bouncing from organization to organization and seeing an awful lot of, frankly, for want of better words, discrimination, and not just against women, but against all individuals that didn't fit a particular norm. Um, and for me, that never existed. Um, I have always seen people as people. And, um, you know, we're all the same. We all have the same challenges. We have amazing gifts and they're all different. And how awesome is that? Um, and I hit a wall actually when I got into the system um, and it was a pretty big ball, wall that I hit pretty fast. And I began to realize, wow, like my whole perspective is here's the challenge, figure it out, do a really good job and move on to the next one. And, you know, truly that that does often mean that we're jumping through the fire to get to those things. Um, in those development programs, it was known that you went into bad environments because it was all about learning and growth. So I spent um, 
about 15 years actually in those kinds of programs. And what that taught me was it didn't matter how challenging it actually was in the environment in which I was in, I figured it out and I moved on. And I was known actually for that person that would say, here's a box. I will figure my way around any box you put in front of me, providing it's legal, of course. But, you know, and that was truth. Like I would say that all the time. Well, that's my latest box. Better figure out how to get around it. Um, and in, in our roles within, within a public entity, um, any decision that, are, that is made um, at any level really has to focus on all of the potential, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, stakeholders and perspectives. And we always had to consider, we've always had to consider every component in our society when we make a decision. It's a lot more challenging than it looks. But in that, that, that does keep our organizations sometimes from innovating enough. And I was known as that change agent. I was known as that person that you called when you wanted something to change. Um, and that's exactly what I did um, for most of my career. I was known for that person who, you know, who was just, there's the box, figure it out. Um, and in the early days, that was so empowering and inspiring and, and just helped me to produce this amazing energy that I brought to everything that I did every day. Um, and I think that it almost doesn't matter what is held up in front of you, being female or any other individual in the world, you know, it does, that once that, that mess is in front of you, whether it's a mountain or a molehill, we have to figure out our way around it or over it in the best way that we can. And then finally, I think what's most important, and this is similar to what you said, Nori, um, the people around us make or break us as leaders. And I once actually heard one of my assistant deputy ministers say, you know, I'm not a leader unless I have followers. And although for me, it wasn't about the following, the bottom line is, unless I was respected, unless there was trust and respect, my teams weren't going to produce. And that meant that I became this authentic manager who cared about her people. And that wasn't always seen at the most senior levels as the best um, senior management material, if you want to call it that. Um, but I spent a lot of time trying to change those perspectives and trying to change that culture. And I think to a certain extent, I was, I was fairly successful in that um, because I, I believed in people and I believed in what they could do. And I also was one of those people that delegated to people who were learning. Um, and sometimes we had failure and that's okay. And that's another key message is that that is truly okay. Um, and I also agree finally that, you know, networks and learning, critical, critical. Knowing those right, the right people, that person you can pick up the phone and say, hey, need blah, and they're there. So um, constant learning, constant change. That's just what we work in today. In Ori. Yeah, amazing. Mm -hmm. So um, if we go on to the next question now then. Sure, yeah. Um, so do you want to ask me the question now, the next question? Sure, why not? Sure, why not? Okay, so 
What, Nori, what do you, what changes do you think are required in your organizational culture or organizational cultures in general today uh, that will allow more women into these roles that we've, that we've lived? Yeah, absolutely. So I've worked for um, a number, say three uh, large um, uh, corporate organizations, all three of them in the FTSE 100. And uh, so that's really um, quite a dynamic uh, um, set of circumstances uh, and environment to be in, I'd say, because large organizations, obviously, there's a lot of people under one roof doing lots of different roles and you're having to interact at different levels with many, many, many people. So you see lots of different personalities. With regard to this particular question, I think that we need to create um, more neutral roles. So getting away from gender specific roles based on masculinity. So I came from a lot of my organizations in um, the aerospace industry, defense and rail industry, very male dominant organizations. Majority of the engineers were male. Um, and so it was almost easier for, for a transition for a, a male to come into the organization as an engineer and able to uh, develop and build himself up than say a female, because then she would find herself and there were a few don't get me wrong, but then it was only under under 10%, but it was harder for them to um, build a network um, and develop as quickly because they had the gender barrier that was visible. Mm -hmm evident in front of them even though it was unsaid so uh, I'll just give you a really simple example um, builders are generally males taxi drivers are generally males um, gas engineers are generally male, males basically seen as masculine roles but that doesn't mean feminine women sorry can't take those roles because of course they can there's of course women who love um, sort of those kind of physical roles, who love to be out in the field um, and to be doing things like constructive um, rather than sitting behind a desk. So getting away from gender specific roles. So I've given you some very obvious examples there just so that we can um, understand that perspective. Um, also, I think um, in recruitment, creating equal opportunities for people because we have that, don't we, with race. Um, we have that with people with special needs. We know that it, that's brought about where we're trying to create equality um, for people um, who are considered a minority group in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. um, so we need to have the same level of recruitment, um, understanding and openness for, for women in male dominated um, roles or male dominated organizations. Mm -hmm. um, so that helps more women, that kind of culture whereby they're invited, uh, they're welcomed, they're encouraged to join, right? That, that, that way, more women are, um, um, they find it more like inviting, like, so to speak, they're more willing to come forward and say, yeah, I'd love to work for your organization. I can see that you really welcome women. There's lots of opportunities for women to grow, to develop, to get up the ladder, to get into those higher positions, which are obviously linked to, to things like status, higher pay, more benefits. And obviously we all want those great things. And why should that just be for the majority men to have those things? Women should be able to have all the things that, that men can have as well. So, um, uh, sorry, and um, then also, what else was, I just lost my chain of thought now. So yeah, we were talking about, yeah, sorry, go ahead. 
sorry, we're making it more attractive for women. Also, we're celebrating women. So in those sorts of roles, like, for example, an, uh, the first female engineer within our organization to achieve so-and-so. So we're almost highlighting that she's a female and celebrating mm. the fact that, that a female has been able to achieve that. So we, we that, and that again, makes it more accommodating. It makes it a safer environment for women to be able to thrive in those sorts of situations. Um, secondly, um, sorry, next, we're building a support network in the organization. So we're building a, a body system, almost a mental system where you've got other women uh, that you can go to. You've got role models that you can, um, you've got role models that you can, um, you know, you can take lessons from, you can learn from, and um, you can become better at what you're doing um, with and to, with those with those the support of those other women. So it makes it that much easier for women. And again, that body system that I'm talking about, that mentorship should be women at all different levels. So I know when you're a young woman, when you come into a large organization, you want to speak to somebody about your age or maybe one or two years older than you, who's been through something similar to you. And you want to see how they got through it because it's very live and it's very current. But then at the same time, you want to speak to someone who's 10 years above you. 20 years above you because then you've got that maturity you've got that experience behind um what what's being said what's being discussed and uh, you can really thrive and um you can really grow from that experience from just being able to talk to people um next i would say um when you're doing presentations when you're talking about like when you're celebrating women you have male participants so the male participants listen and learn and um educate themselves so it's about educating men about women's needs how women are different how, what can women bring to the party you know um and um so you get more acceptance from the men because if you are in a male dominated environment or if you're not if you have acceptance from the men um then it, that makes it the journey that much more easier for you doesn't it mm -hmm. um um and then i would say um about uh, embracing a lessons learned <clears throat> dynamic whereby um you've got a culture of transparency where you're allowed to fail right so if you're allowed to fail and it's not considered bad or a mistake then people are safe to try out different things they're safe to explore they're safe to experiment yeah and um then you learn from those mistakes so something we used to do which i absolutely loved and still do to do with some of my coaching clients today um with where we, we <coughs> Um, is the lessons learned. So after you do a project, you do a lessons learned pro uh, presentation where you talk about the successes, but more importantly, you talk about the failures and things you can learn, things that didn't go as well as could have been planned and things that could be better next time. Um, also, you create a risk neutral um, environment. So you consider the risks, you question the risks, but you're not daunted by the risks, yeah? Um, so that means that people are still able to thrive, even though there's risks there. Um, next, you have an appreciation for individuality. Uh, uh, so in particular, the individuality that women can bring, the different things, the different traits, the different um, um, modes of thinking, ways of thinking that, that they can embrace and bring into the boardroom. Mm. And also, lastly, I'd say, the culture of where people are looking after each other. 
So people want to be feel safe in any environment, right? They want to feel like there's other people who have their back. So be the honest neighbor. Don't be the person who's trying to get ahead, uh, trying to cut corners or trying to beat other people, trying to compete or basically bring other people down in their quest to get ahead. So mm. you have that culture of honesty, of openness, of communication, then people generally feel safer and they're more likely to get ahead in more of an authentic way. So yeah, a lot, a lot of points covered there <laughs> again. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's basically my viewpoint on, on, on that uh, on, in terms of uh, the, the, the culture. So if I was to ask you the same question, Liz, uh, uh, what, would your, um, what would your thoughts on that be as well, please? Sure. Um, I would first say that I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, <clears throat> so I'll just uh, add a couple of ideas to that. To that, um, the first one I think for me is that once you arrive at a, into any kind of managerial role, um, that's where you have your opportunity to start showing who you are in terms of your values and in terms of your abilities, um, but also in terms of being able to stand your ground. And for me, standing ground was really important, um, you know, in a very um, capable way, but in also a very well wordsmithed way. Um, I was able to stand my ground in a lot of environments that, you know, really had not been done before. And case in point, um, I remember like it was yesterday, very early in my career, I was at Foreign Affairs and International Trade here in Canada. And as, as I'm sure you're aware in your own countries, oftentimes our diplomats don't always show um, or not representative of the Canadian population, let's just put it that way. And so those individuals were, you know, generally speaking, male in, in nature and, um, you know, white and male. Uh, so I walked into that kind of context as a female, and I remember distinctly walking into, into a room in which there was um, a head of a head of state, and that individual, when I went to introduce myself, literally patted me on the head and sent sent me down the hall. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I've ever felt so uh, belittled in my life as in that moment. And at that moment, I said to myself, "That's not going to happen again." And in that, though, um, I always have to stay true to my values in those contexts. So in a place where you're dealing with difficult decisions, if your values do not jive with the values of that decision, then that's a place where you have to make some decisions. And that's irrespective of who we are, being female or not. Um, that's an important piece. Um, if we're being asked to do something that we just, that we've hit a place where there's a line in the sand we won't cross and we're being asked to cross that, then at that moment, um, we have to stay true to our values and to our approaches and to our individuality, as Nori said, uh, in terms of what we do with that. And we can always, always, you know, jump ship and find another great opportunity in the system. So, you know, the bottom line is if those values are pushing you way beyond where you're comfortable, um, and in particular, if you're being asked to, um, you know, denounce your femalehood, um, or denounce, you know, who you are to stay in that company, my advice is don't do it, um, at least not in the long term. Um, also, I would say that I want to pick up on something Nori said around mentors, women mentoring women. Um, that was in my notes. And because 
Um, I can honestly say I had fabulous mentors at every stage. My first mentor was actually a fellow management trainee and I sat down with her because she was doing my training. And she said to me, this was in my first year. And she said, remember, take care of your career because no one else is gonna do it for you. And that was one of those things that really stuck in my mind that was almost a goal, right? Which was to make sure that I got to where I wanted to be and did the things that I was passionate about and didn't get stuck in files that were not, you know, not my thing. Um, also, I would say, um, and I'm going to call a spade a spade, we are a threat. And because of the fact that we are so capable and we are multitasking all the time and, you know, um, you know, just here we are today, Nori, and, you know, we're, we're doing this and we're children around us and there are animals around us and we're just continuing to do our job here. So <clears throat> that is a threatening thing often for, for males in this context. Um, and then I would, I would say also, um, as an executive, recruiting based on attitude and skill is key. And it doesn't matter who we are, where we're from, it's who's got the best attitude, who's got the skills to do the job, and or who can learn that job. And I think for me, I've always hired that way. Um, I know a lot of managers do not, but in my case, I've always hired that way and it's been wonderful. It's been you know, amazing at building uh, super teams. And then finally, learn from our mistakes and be prepared to take that on the chin. Um, if, we, if we mess up in terms of the culture, the way the culture sees us messing up, quote unquote, um, then learn from our mistakes, step back, say, yep, Let's try it again. But remember, don't ever get off the horse or the culture has won. Amazing. I love that. Really, really inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing that. Really, um, really a, a great share there. Very, very inspiring, as I said. Thank you. So um, if we go to the next, uh, next question, and that is number four. Number four. Yeah, so do you want to ask me the question then? So, because if I go next and then we, we go Sure, back. sure. So if there was full acceptance of women in the boardroom and we know that there isn't full acceptance yet, then what do you think would happen? What would be the impact? That's a great question. And I love that question because it, it uh, relates to anything that in any situation that we go through in life, where we have any form of barrier or we have anything standing in the way, it's a really great thing to do to think about, well, what if that wasn't in the way, then what would I do? How far would I get? What would I accomplish? And that's what makes you realize actually who you truly are. So it's a really big question and it's a really um, good question. So in terms of um, for women, with, if there were no barriers for them in terms of getting ahead and becoming leaders and decision makers, I think for sure there would be more females in higher positions, i.e., namely the boardroom um so there would be more female leaders there would be more female decision makers uh there would be enhanced energy um or femininity um in 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 the boardroom in in um in meetings um 
you know, in places where decisions need to be made, where change is um, influenced and embraced. So that really helps to neutralize that that energy to have more females uh, being part of that as well, especially at the higher roles, because obviously we have the op op operation and then we have different hierarchical structures within organizations. And when you get to the top, as you can see, as you go further and further up the chain, there seems to be more women, which is basic. That's not an opinion. That's basically a fact. And that's why we're addressing this. There would also be, um, um, quite aspirationally, more female role models for the younger generation, which is one of the things that we absolutely need. Because again, when I spoke about myself finishing university, I was looking for those role models who were 20, 30 years older than me um, and, and talking to them. What did they do? How did they get there? Um, how do they present themselves? Uh, what traits do they have? Um, and, and um, you know, aspiring to the confidence that they had and and how they what differentiated them from somebody who held back um compared to somebody who actually went for it so we're talking about the boardroom here but this reply this um sorry it relates to all circumstances of life you 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 do get that dynamic of people that you can see are comfortable that are holding themselves back that don't want to take that step just that final step forwards because they're just fearful of what's on the under the other side but then you get that five percent of people who took that step anyway and then they get to um reap the fruits of of of, of their hard work of the challenges that they overcame and the places that that, that they got to also, there would be um, um, more equality in the workplace, which is something that's absolutely needed even today. Um, and that uh, directly relates to the, the pay gap that would be um, obviously more filled than it than it is today. And I know there's people out there fighting for that, um, demonstrating there's, there's there's people, you know, in organizations in different industries that are still fighting for that equality, whereas it, it should just be a given. It, it should it should go without saying really because it's, it's like an unsaid thing it happens but it shouldn't happen mm. right yeah yeah women 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 would be um higher achievers wouldn't they because as you get further up the, the ladder you get opportunities for further training and development for further education you get mm -hmm. more opportunities to if you're a decision maker then guess what? You're on a plane and you're on the other side of the world. You're, you're facing the customer. You're facing the supplier. Um, you know, especially companies where I work, like large scale pro uh, projects we worked on into the millions. And, um, you know, in order to sit there and have a discussion with a customer, you're not just talking about a small deal. It's it, So, you know, you need to be somebody who can actually make an impact, who can think rationally and make a, um, a, a good decision, you know, which is going to be for the, the wider benefit. So it, it gives women more opportunity to those things which in the past we saw mainly men do and maybe accepted that but but there's that there's that 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 feeling now that, that, that no actually women want to experience those things too and it should be allowed and safe for women to do that on the other side there would there would be more educated and informed male counterparts because if more more men are seeing these high achieving powerful leaders in women then they're getting to understand women more in terms of what their needs are what motivates mm -hmm. them uh what brings out the best in them and that then relate that that then relates to being um at work and at home so that then brings you into the least leadership in lifestyle so we both work together men and women if we understand each other and that that's where that understanding is is is, is that, that that gap is kind of kind of bridged um and then something quite interesting uh, coming on from that point 
um, having more women in, in that position, if the barriers didn't exist, what would that mean? So generally men tend to be more left-brained. So they're more logical, analytical, fact-orientated, um, detailed. But also there, there's an element of masculinity to that. And that is the control, mm -hmm. the aggression, the organizing, the rushing. And that comes from your um, just their innate quest for survival. So that goes back to human instincts of the, the difference between the male and the female. If we go back hundreds of years, what were our roles and what, what were we trying to do? Whereas the woman brings in the energy of intuition, planning, um, listening, accommodating, responding rather than reacting. So they're not rushing, they're, they're thinking about things at a slower pace. They're more process driven. They're more about relationship building and integrating um, a, a group or team of people. So having more, that automatically tells us with our differences in the way that we think. So if female tend to be more, females tend to be more right-brained and males tend to be more left-brained, if we had more females in those positions of power, that would then neutralize that brain power and make it more effective overall. So um, this, this is what I believe would happen if those obstacles were not there and we saw more women in uh, higher positions of leadership and uh, been able to make decisions and real impact into the future. And then that would roll off um, onto different parts of lifestyle as well. So um, it's a really interesting topic. Um, and yeah, uh, coming back to you, uh, Liz, uh, what do you, what are your thoughts on that particular question? So I don't disagree with what you said at all. Um, I'm going to add a little bit to a couple of your, your pieces, though. In terms of that right brain component, I totally believe that you're absolutely right, that this balance is critical and needed in these, in these boardroom environments in which uh, oftentimes the left brain is, is that place where we come from. Um, and in that, I want to say, I want to challenge everyone a little bit in that when you go into that next meeting you're in and there are stacks, be they online or in paper form, of data. And the base of this whole meeting is around left brain analysis. Ask yourself, hmm, how do I incorporate some of that right brain thought, some of that listening and right brain thought and our ability to say, so I understand I heard you say this, um, because just by simply practicing some of those right brain strengths, um, that becomes quietly appreciated. And that's just a way to slowly move away from the, um, you know, this left brain dominance that runs through um, pretty much all management meetings. You know, when, why would it be impossible to include planning meetings in which there were conversations? before one turned into uh, a political boardroom conversation. You know, there's so many opportunities to really make those, those, those times together in management environments uh, very different. And then the question is, does that impact how you make decisions? Oh yeah. So that's an interesting thought. Um, my second point is that I really believe that being brave and being bold and being who you are is what you need to do. And sometimes you take a lot of heat for it, but is it worth that? Of course it's worth that. 
So if there weren't these barriers, we would feel much more comfortable being bold, brave in who we are and saying, um, you know, respectfully, I disagree with that. And this is why. And I think that's something that more and more we actually can do. So it's not even a question of what would it be like, we can create that in our own environments. And so that's something that I that I suggest that you consider. Also, um, Nori talked about opportunities to learn. And in that, I, I fully agree that um, very high achieving dominant in, in capacity type women are sometimes seen as in a negative light. Funny enough, I, I had a, a boss for a number of years who, um, who actually um, really admitted that he was fully afraid of women. So, wow. So, you know, if we put ourselves in the shoes of someone like that, it's easier for us to see why that individual may be um, you know, maybe reacting to us the way that they are, they have extra fear. And that's never, that's never a, a good way to build relationships. Um, and on that note, Nori, um, I have a cat who's climbing the screen at the moment. Um, so if you'll just give me 30 seconds, why don't you paraphrase the next question? And, uh, and I'll be right back. No uh, so here I am, and this is absolutely normal when we're doing these recordings. Uh, I've just had my niece running around behind me. I don't know if you guys uh, heard her. Um, and I know that Liz has got her dog in the background, and now there's a cat on the uh, screen. So <laughs> this is the way of the world, is, and <laughs> the world of Zoom, right? Um, mm -hmm. so the next question was about um, how to remain resilient while entertaining resistance and obstacles, right? So resilience. <laughs> huge topic um and um you know what does resilience mean it, to me it means overcoming ch challenges and being stronger as a consequences uh, to start standing your ground um instilling confidence and feeling the fear and doing it anyway as we said earlier um mm -hmm. not, not letting other people's views opinions thoughts or even other people's limitations affect us and slow us or stop us down stop us back or even ourselves letting our own limiting thoughts uh, slow us or prevent us from doing the things that that we want to do and on that limiting having limiting thoughts limiting beliefs about ourselves is a completely normal thing which I think most people experience um, imposter syndrome fear of success fear of getting ahead fear of being judged these are completely normal things uh, we're talking about women in leadership we're talking about powerful women but at no point are we taking away the journey of how to get there um, the emotional attributes that are connected to that journey uh, the feelings um, and the challenges so uh, it's all it's all a very relatable topics that we're talking about here so um, to remain resilient, I think, is to keep that confidence high, keep that confidence high, keep your head up high, um, keep your eye on, on the things that you want to achieve. Don't be deterred by the things that are going to come in your way. Some of the ones I've just talked about right now. Um, it's normal to have things come in the way, to have obstacles. It's normal to have fears. But you are kind of your own best um, driver or your own worst critic. So it's up to you which one you listen to. To stay and remain confident means that you can have confident conversations, confident interactions and um, a confidence 
quest to getting to where you get. So that means the actions that are related to that journey of getting to the goal. And you're undeterred by the obstacles in your way. Um, and also seeing, seeing those obstacles, seeing that resistance as a challenge. So like I said earlier, seeing the, seeing the challenge, but being compelled to do it anyway. So being even more motivated to overcome that challenge. Uh, uh, having self-belief, so believing in yourself, you, you know, having an inner critic, a voice that tells you you can't or you shouldn't or it's not right or maybe not now is completely normal. But believing in the fact that it's OK, if it's OK for others, it's OK for you. And regardless of others, you, everything that you want to do is, is, is perfectly fine, perfectly safe. And it, it's, it's OK for you to do that. Yeah. And that self-belief really shows in, 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 in what you were able to achieve, right? Mm -hmm. 5%, to be that 5% that actually gets ahead. Um, also normalizing and understanding that resistance is okay. So normalizing resistance, again, following on from the previous points. Um, so in that, if you normalize it, then you get a high, higher feeling of satisfaction when the achievement is, is, is uh, accomplished. Because you know you 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 had that um, obstacle in the way or that resistance, but you still did it. So when you achieve it, you really feel like you've conquered something, and you have a greater feeling of satisfaction, which feels very good. Um, also, seek advice, seek support. So that meant the mentors we talked about earlier, people that we can speak to, the buddies. Also, seek um, professional, external uh, advice. I mean. I'm part of my work is is business coaching. So I work with people in career planning, career coaching, um, conflicts at work. So this is all related to that seeking advice, both internally and externally. So speak to somebody, even speak to your family, speak to loved ones, because the support that you get really helps. Um, um, also build a network because your cheer, cheerleaders, uh, cheerleaders, the people that are behind you are the people that believe in you. And that really helps you to believe in yourself as well. It really does. Um, holding face-to-face -face communication with people. So don't try to hide behind the computer screen and think, oh, I'll just send an email and hopefully I'll get a response. Maybe I won't. And then you're waiting on that response. Have face-to-face -face communication because it's more powerful. Um, and you can also hold people accountable for that. Um, and have a clear chain of command within that. So you know who to go to if you need support. You know the different levels of the hierarchy and you know the faces that sit behind the positions. So it's all about building networks, building trusting relationships and falling on those relationships when you do need that support because there are going to be times when you do. Um, and in a nutshell, that, that that's how I believe that to remain resilient. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. So how about, um, interesting to hear what you, you've got to say on this particular question. Well, Nori, um, I agree again with what you said. I'm gonna add a couple of things and then I have a, a quick poem for us all. Okay. So my first question is when you're, when you're encountering any kind of resistance, what, what do I hear and what does that translate in my, within me? What I mean is, you know, what is the story that I'm going to be telling myself when I counter the resistance? Do I spend my energies in the story saying, well, why did that person say that? And, you know, did it mean this? Did it mean that? What did it mean? Or 
Is it just simply that person expressing who they are and expressing their own resistance by virtue of what they know? And if that's the case, then that's them talking based on their own experience. That's not actually us being the instigator of that resistance. And I think that's really important because what I'm saying is if someone is having an issue with us around us, it may have absolutely nothing to do with us. It may have everything to do with them. And I think sometimes when, when we're experiencing those kinds of resistances, if you tell yourself that, it does help stay strong and stay true to who you are. Second point is um, really do believe in yourself. And it's easy to say, it's a lot harder to do. Really believe in who you are because we all have gifts. And if you know what your gifts are and you know what you have to give based on those gifts, then you're doing the very best thing for you and for the organization around you because you're giving your best. And then finally, um, I've experienced a lot of challenges in life and I wanted to just share this with you. It's actually a two line poem from an anonymous writer. And for me, it expresses uh, the intangibles around resilience. Between your breath is a stillness, a lingering of life upon your lips that allows for the next moment to become your reality. Hold this life in your heart with gratitude and reverence as you create the most beautiful story of who you are and who you will be. So if you consider that uh, in the context of where we're sitting today, um, I think that helps a little bit in terms of, you know, what is resilience? Well, it's that, it's that moment of stop. It's that moment in between the statement that has been thrown out to catch you. What do you do with that? You know, it's, it's simply that moment where we have our, where we believe in self and where we say, this is not about me. It's about them expressing who they are. What, how, how beautiful um, that is what you've just shared. It's so beautiful. And I think a lot of people can resonate with that. We all go through challenges in life. And a lot of the times we, we tend to believe maybe what other people say or think about us. But and it takes a whole lot of um, awakening to realize that actually it had nothing to do with you and it was coming from somebody else's insecurity or somebody else's fear, something that somebody else needed to work on. And then it just got reflected back on you like a mirror and you took it. But but really, it's about where you allow your power to go. You know, if you have that self-belief, if, if inside you know that, that you're a good person, if you're doing the right thing, you're telling the truth, um, you're doing things for the benefit of others and for yourself. I mean, loving yourself isn't selfish. It's one of the most beautiful things you can do because you take yourself to a place where you can be the best version for yourself, both for yourself and for other people. So who everyone benefits, both you and, and other people, people who interact with you. So um, that's really heartfelt um, and thought-provoking. Thank you very much for sharing that. I'm sure our listeners will get um, a lot of benefit as well.
And that brings us very nicely onto our last question, Liz, <laughs> which is very exciting. So this question is about what recommendations you would give for the young, aspiring, ambitious woman of today um, who wants to be a future leader. Wow. You know, looking back on those early days in my, in my own career, I have to say that um, I brought something with me that um, made all the difference in terms of, of you know, there's, there's great environments, there's great education, there's great advice, but there's a fun, there's a set of fundamental components within our own personality. And one of those is that deep ability when I just said, believe in self, believe, believe that what you have to say has value. And, you know, if you're being shut down, figure out a way to get around that. Um, you know, that for me is, is really critical when you're starting that career. Secondly, that advice that I was given at the beginning of my career, I'm passing on. You know, your career is your oyster. It's not about what others think about you and how you're going to be promoted. It's if you want the promotion, A, work for it. B, don't miss deadlines. C, know that the skills that you have are your gift. So how are you going to use your own gifts in a way that maximizes your, your you know, utility, if you want to call it that, to the organization in which, in which you live and work? Um, and I say live and work because we spend a lot of time there. Also, I would say, um, you know, it's very easy to say, well, you know, go for your goals and all of that. Yeah, I agree with all of that. But I also think that what it comes down to is, what is it that you want? And I don't mean I want to be the manager of XYZ. Because management and leadership is all one fundamental pot of background skills, experience, decision making, uh, and knowledge of self. So what do you want? And what is success for you? And that's an important thing for someone beginning a career to consider. Um, and on that note, Nori, I am going to answer the door. See, isn't this fun, all this Zoom stuff? And I will put myself on mute so you can do your answer, okay? That's absolutely fine. Um, and thank you very much uh, for that, Liz. Very interesting uh, answers. Um, and I absolutely agree with a, a lot of what you've said there. So for me personally, um, what would I say to the young, aspiring, um, ambitious woman of today? Again, I would say believe in yourself. That self-belief come back, comes back again and again and again because that is the one thing that's going to either make you or break you in life. I really believe that there's going to be lots of things that are going to try and push you back or hold you back or people maybe not supporting you or on your side, but it's about you believing in yourself is going to be the difference between you making it um, and getting ahead and doing the things and achieving the things that you, you, um, you absolutely want to do. Um, so have that can do attitude. I can do it. I will. Um, if I don't know how, I will find a way of doing it um, and I will seek support. I will ask questions. I will get the answers and I'll find a way. Yeah. So um, when you're young, obviously, I would uh, say that work on your confidence, because one thing that, that um, I, I, I want to mention is that 
there's a there's a, a lot of graduates that come through come through the universities every year there's a lot of highly qualified people out there in different in different um careers in different paths yeah but the difference is the confidence that they have so how far they will get just having a having a certificate having a a degree a master's um that doesn't that doesn't um that, that's not what makes it in the end. It's about the way you carry yourself, uh, the confidence with which you um, present yourself, uh, the, way, the way in which you communicate, the way in which you are able to, uh, to interact and impact others. So confidence is huge. Um, and um, seek, seek different people to speak to, uh, a course, um, you know, different self-development books, do, do it all just work on your confidence because it is a huge part of of who you are and you actually coming out of your shell and being able to to um, get the things that that you want that's what's going to make the difference so with that confidence go for that promotion um go for that career change if you have a concern voice that concern speak up yeah um if you want a pay rise ask for that pay rise so all of this comes with the confidence so with the confidence you're able to say and do those things if you don't have the confidence you'll hold back in these areas and then you won't necessarily be able to 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 get get the things that, that, that you want to get or get to places where you want to get to so um also um get out your comfort comfort zone if you find yourself in a repetitive job if you don't see any development uh, or any opportunities um get out your comfort zone do something different ask for a different job ask to do a different task um again it all comes with voicing what you want um something i said earlier seek your role models learn from their successes and their failures network you are the five people that you spend the most time with, which is very, very um, powerful. So make sure that they're, they're good people that you can learn from, that, that push you forwards, that help you to motivate yourself and go for things you want. Um, always have face-to-face -face communication. So it's about building connections. Don't hide behind the computer screen, uh, build the networks and eventually the communities. Engage in team building exercises. It's good for you. It develops you. Uh, it puts you in a position of vulnerability. It highlights your weaknesses, things that you can learn from. Also, it gives you feedback. And that brings me on to the next point. Ask for feedback. Ask for feedback from good places. Constructive feedback, because that is the best way you are going to be able to change and improve for the better. Right. So um, with that, I would say um, if you make a mistake, don't let it define you. Um, learn from it. Um, um, and also, finally, I'll say volunteer for things. Uh, put yourself out there. Uh, get seen, get heard and get known because a lot of things that happen in, in the workplace or even outside of the workplace happen because uh, pe people know who you are. People know something good about you. People like something about you. So um, in this world that's full of connections and people, that's how we th thrive based on um, having those good networks um, and getting getting ahead. So yeah, and and, and lastly, my last point would, would, would be uh, seek to make a difference. So again, seek to stand out. Uh, and that happens with continuous improvement. 
So um, don't just be part of the furniture, which can often happens when you stay in a, in a position for a long time. Seek to be that person that actually said something different, that dared to walk out of the crowd and um, actually made a positive difference and impact to others. So that, that's, uh, that, that's, uh, that's my answer. Um, I'd just like to say, Liz, I think you're still muted. You left... Um, oh. You know. I am now unmuted. You're right. Now you're unmuted. So that that's my answer, and I think we're at the end of our six questions now. So it's been mm -hmm. a really session. Mm -hmm. It sure has. Closing thoughts, then, Liz. Last thoughts. Um, well, actually, as you were talking about that, I'm thinking that's right. You know, it, it is all about you make it what you make it. Yeah. Bottom line, and whatever happens around you, it's how you see it how you react to it and what you do with it that makes the difference in your career and in your life in general and at home with your families and all of those pieces. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Nori, tell me about, uh, about what's coming. So for us. I'm just going to say that I hope everybody really enjoyed listening to us today. I know we covered a lot of um, points, uh, very interesting points, uh, I hope, uh, for our listeners. And uh, we've got a series of episodes coming. Obviously, we're on episode two right now. So we're going to have uh, lots of topics related to leadership um, for women. Um, I, I, we've started off, obviously, with having a very career-orientated, um, work-based sort of a theme, but that will then flow and develop into lifestyle and different elements of life where women um, and leadership becomes very important so mm -hmm. um, so there's a whole host of topics to come I'm really excited about the, what the future has to bring um, so yeah I just uh, I'd just like to say basically please like comment subscribe also you can find me on um, Instagram on um, sky high underscore leadership and that's where you get the link for the podcast uh, the name of the YouTube channel is Nori and Liz um, women in leadership so please do go and find us um, and Liz where can we find you uh, you can find me at Elizabeth Hoxter at gmail.com and that's Elizabeth with a Z H O C H S T E R at gmail.com. And also my Facebook page, Elizabeth Hoxter coach for life transition and resilience. Brilliant. That's amazing. I'm sure people will, will, will want to, to, to find you, Liz, and, and want to talk to you with all the knowledge and experience that you have. So basically, yeah, watch this space. Um, lots more to come um, in the coming weeks, uh, maybe in a couple of months, we will be bringing other aspiring uh, women into, into our conversations, get other people's different uh, viewpoints. And um, I'm really excited for what, what, what that will bring as well. So um, with that... Yeah, absolutely. So with that, we can conclude today's session. Thank you very much, Liz, and we'll see you all next time. Absolutely. Take care, folks. Bye-bye.